Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with The Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? Love you so much. I have my daughter in studio today. Her name is Grace Elizabeth Miles. Grace, do you want to say hi? Hello. How are you? I'm great. How, how are you enjoying Take Your Daughter to Work Day? Yes, I am. Are you learning a lot about radio? Yes, I am. What's your favorite color, Grace? Orange. What do you want to be when you grow up, Grace? An actor. <laughs> An actor. Okay, there you have it. There's my oldest child. It's so fun to have them home during the summer because, you know, we get to spend time with them and we get to do things like this. She gets to come to the studio with me and, you know, see what mama does um, for a living. I have such a word for you today. Actually, this is now I did not plan this, but God, of course, God did. I want to let you guys know I do have a book coming out, which I'm super excited about, super proud of. August 21st, I Am Rahab will be coming out. Um, you can pre-order it now anywhere, anywhere. Thankful to everyone who, all the buyers that bought the book out there. Um, and I want to encourage you to do that. Um, you know, if this is a part of me, you know, you get me in 25 minutes here and 25 minutes there um, or five days a week if you're a loyal listener of the show. Um, but this is a topic. Rahab is a topic that I really got to dissect. It took me a total of three years to get this book down um, from different circumstances that happened. And and it's very interesting. God was waiting for me to have some circumstances to add it into the book. And so um, I'm, I'm really so grateful for the opportunity to shed light on Rahab. And, you know, Rahab is a figure in Joshua that we, we don't talk a ton about. But I really dissected her life, studied the excavations of Jericho, of course, studied Joshua and, you know, all the relating verses. And I would just really encourage you to pre-order or pick up the book. We are going to really be digging into the book and we're going to have some Rahabs on our show. I entitled it I Am Rahab because I didn't when I was getting a divorce, kicked out of my church in an abusive marriage, when I came through all that, I couldn't identify personally with Mary in the scripture because she, you know, God chose her when she was young and she, she was a virgin, first of all. And she was, you know, it seemed like she was super holy. And then I kind of looked through the scriptures. I couldn't really identify much with Esther either, although I love her story. And I mean, I love that book of the Bible. I've studied it very, very diligently multiple times. But when I found Rahab and I found that she was called Rahab the harlot, I was immediately interested in her because I thought, man, I got to know more about this woman whose title was Rahab the harlot. And her title is Rahab the harlot all throughout scripture. And as I studied what God did in her life and really is still doing today, man, it challenged me and encouraged me. It was um, it was just amazing. So I encourage you to pre-order the book. And stay tuned because we'll talk a lot about it. Okay, my PSA is over for the day. I want to talk to you guys today who you know you need to change something. Okay, you know that there is something in your life that is that needs changing. Maybe you gossip a lot. 
dun, dun, dun. Uh, maybe you lie a lot. Maybe you are so controlling that you never step out in faith. Um, maybe you're prideful. And I, and I don't I don't know what it is. I'm just throwing things out there. Um, maybe you know you should be kinder. Maybe you know you should be less legalistic. Um, maybe you know you should be in the Word of God more. You need to pray more. Um, you are aware of 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 an issue in your life. Maybe it's something like you need to quit smoking. Um, maybe it's something practical, uh, like, like, you know, you need to budget, whatever it is, this show is for you. And I, I, I kind of want to put, I, I want you to put like a stake in the ground for today's show, because I want you to decide to stop. Okay. You're never going to feel like you want to stop doing something that you have developed a pattern around for years and years. It's never going to feel like the right time. It's never going to feel good about stopping and disciplining yourself, but it needs to happen, especially if the spirit of God has, has told you, uh, you need to change this area. Um, I'll, I'll, I could use other examples. I'm going to use myself because I can always, you know, I'll never offend myself most of the time. Um, you know, there was a long time that I really, really struggled very hard with anxiety. I knew it was an issue in my life. I knew I struggled with it. I knew God wanted me to change it. I knew it was sinful. I knew that the Bible says, do not worry. And yet here I am going and I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. And I'm encouraging all these thousands of people everywhere. I'm, I'm putting it out there. And yet I know that internally I have this struggle with anxiety. I, I knew I needed to change it, but I didn't want to do the work in order to change it. I've said this, uh, you know, multiple times. You People stay defeated because victory takes work. You have to work. You have to decide today is going to be the last day that I do that. And then you can't just leave it at a decision. You have to do the work work to discipline yourself to to walk towards victory now uh, you know you could mess up and have a really bad day full of anxiety where you're giving into anxiety again like I did okay um yet I knew when I fell God's grace was there to catch me and his grace was there to lead me further until it became less and less of a temptation. OK, I want you guys today, if if you are, are whatever it is, because we all have our things. Everyone has a thing. If you think you're perfect, you know what? I'd like to meet you because you're not. Um, I, we all have something that we struggle with. There is an area of weakness in all of our lives where Satan tends, tends to tempt us towards that. Um, I have been tempted tempted to give in to anxiety multiple times, but because I have done the work and I'm not there. Okay. I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I'm there. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Don't email me because that's not what I'm saying. However, I have learned to discipline myself and use key verses in the word of God to help combat my temptation in this area. The word of God has been my um, stability in this area. I also know that if Satan can get me 
to give into anxiety, okay? And he can get me to give into what the what ifs of the world. He also can block what God wants me to do uh, uh, with my faith. Because if I am giving into anxiety and I am tempted to be anxious about something, I'm certainly not tempted to step out and risk everything for the Lord. So I also have identified that satanic pattern of temptation in my life, okay? So I need you to decide today. Make a decision. Make a decision to change. Make a decision. I want to go to maybe an unlikely passage on this. Um, uh, this is in Numbers 13. Now, um, I, 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 I am obsessed with this passage of Scripture. I have been studying it now for a couple of weeks. Um, it's not often that I'll stay in a scripture this long, but I just feel like God is bringing me back and saying, nope, you don't got it yet. Come back. Nope. What you learn. Nope. Come back. Um, and so, so I'm actually going to talk about this tomorrow. So catch yesterday's show and then catch tomorrow's show as well. Cause it will almost be a part two of what I'm talking about. Numbers 13 says this, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord, all of the men who were heads of the sons of Israel. And then it lists their names and, and numbers. I want to bring this to there for right, right in front of you. God chose every one of these spies. When we look at the spies, and if you're educated on the spies, and if you've heard the stories of the spies in the scripture, um, we, you know, I, I don't, I, I, this is a point that is in, incredibly powerful to me. These were leaders in Israel. These were people that were highly respected in Israel. These are people that according to the command of the Lord. Now, now let, let me preface this with this. God told them to go into the promised land and to take the land and Israel complained. And so God conceded and said, okay, we can do it your way. And so this is really a concession of the Lord. He is um, allowing them to choose 12 men to go into the land um, because they didn't believe that he actually was going to allow them to conquer the land without the spies. So this is sort of a concession of the Lord. So here God gives the guidelines. I want you to um, send a man from each of their father's tribes, everyone a leader among them. These were 12 leaders. They were not 12 followers, okay? These were not kids. These were leaders among um, the, the different tribes of land. I think that's important to note that they were chosen. They were chosen, okay? So then we have them going into the land. Stay with me. We're still undeciding. We're still undeciding to change. We're still undeciding, okay? Then they go into the land, and this is, um, and this is what um, they say. Moses, Moses tells them, go spy out the land. Go up. See what the land is like. The people who live there, are they strong or are they weak? Are there few or are they many? This is in verse 18, 13, 18, 19. How is the land in which they live? Is it good or is it bad? How are the critics? Now, God had already told them that it was good and it was flowing with milk and honey. But Moses um, asked 
for confirmation of what God had already said. Isn't that interesting how we ask for confirmation for what God had already said when God said it? And guess what? They found it to be true. And how are the cities in which they live? Are they open camps or with fornifications? How is the land, fat or lean? Are there trees in it or not? Make an effort them to get some of the fruit of the land. Now the time uh, now the time was the time of the first scrapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rebo, Rehob at Lebo Hamath. I, I know I always butcher these guys, but you know, I'm reading them the best I can. When they had gone up into Negev, they came to Hebron where Ahimon Sheshai and Talmai, I need a, I need a, I need a medal for those. Uh, the descendants of Anak were. They came to the valley of Eshkol, and from there cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two men with some pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the sons of Israel cut down from there. So this is what I want to point. All of these leaders. Now, now uh, Joshua and Caleb, um, Moses called. Okay, Joshua and Caleb, Moses called. Um, but all of these other leaders, they came together and um, they go into the land and they all are seeing the exact same thing. Every one of them sees Anak, the sons of Anak, the giants that were there. Every one of them seems, sees grapes. And I want to point out here they carried a pole between two men with some pomegranates and figs and grapes and a cluster of grapes. Let me just point out, uh, sometimes we miss these details in scriptures. They carried a pole between two men with a cluster of grapes. Now, the grapes I buy at Target, I can carry in my hand. They had a pole that they had to tie a cluster of grapes on in order to bring it back to the camp um, where Israel was stationed. Isn't it interesting that they were literally holding the fruit of the land as they marched into the camp of Israel to give a report? I think sometimes God will allow us to see the fruit, the possibility, the things that we could accomplish, the things that we can attain with his power and with his glory. And sometimes we even carry it around and we can um, we can identify it and we can look at it and we can carry it around, especially with social media. We can even see it in what God is doing in someone else. God is healing someone else and maybe he is telling you, I'm going to heal you. I just need you to trust me. I just need you to believe. And they are an encouragement, if you will, of what the promised land holds for you. Maybe you've been single for 40 years and you're looking around and you're like, what in the world? And, and one of your girlfriends that has also been single for 40 years just got engaged and just got married. You have a very visual picture of what the promised land could look like for you. And that can encourage you to say, listen, that same God that worked in her life, he has told me I'm going to be married. And so I'm going to stay, uh, stay the course that I'm going to decide to believe. Um, even in today's world, God will give us a snapshot of what the, the, the fruit of the land could hold, maybe through someone else's life, maybe through someone else's ministry. But it's our job to, uh, it's our responsibility to look at those examples that he gives us. We can either be jealous of them or we, we can be encouraged by them. And God wants 
us to look and be encouraged by these people that God, he is working in their lives. He wants us to be encouraged and say, yes, they got the fruit. They've assumed the land. Your fruit is here. I've got your fruit ready. All you have to do is make a couple steps. All you have to do is obey me in, 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 in a few uh, different areas. Um, and then that fruit is also going to be yours because I've promised you the same thing. They were holding the fruit. Fruit so huge they couldn't carry it in their hands or in a backpack or whatever they took um, to go scope out this land. They were holding huge amounts of fruit that was um, that was uh, a sign that God would give him what he said he would. And they marched into the camp and this is their response. You're going to know this. I'm going to throw a wrench in here in just a minute. They returned from spying the land at the end of 40 days. We're in 1326 right now. They proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron with the fruit on the pole between two men attached. They marched into the land. So I even wonder what the congregation of Israel was thinking. I wonder if they were looking at the, at the fruit and saying, wow, look at those. Look at the fruit. Wow, God, actually, there actually is a ton of fruit in, in the land of Canaan. I wonder if they were in awe as these 12 spies, no doubt they had waited 40 days for them and they were anxiously awaiting their report, marched into the land. It was very visible what they were carrying. It was very visible what they found in the land. They marched straight into the land, Leaders, leaders, everyone was going to do what these 12 spies said um, one way or another. They were going to take encouragement or discouragement from them. They walked into the land and they said, we went into the land where you sent us. And it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. This is its fruit. Nevertheless. The people who are in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. This is what the 10 said. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he said, we should all, by all means, go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him were not, were, we said, we are not able to go up against this people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied, saying the land through which we have gone in and spying out a land that it devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are of great size. And then all the congregation, 14.1, lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. I want to say just um, talking about deciding, making a decision. Everyone saw the same thing. Everyone had the same proof. Every, all 12 saw the same. They all saw the giants. And there was a decision to make when they marched into the camp. They could decide 
to believe and lead Israel to their promised land immediately, or they could decide to believe that the giants truly were bigger than the God that they served. And 10 of them decided the giants were bigger than the God that they served. I want to tell you very, those of you that need to change something and it is a giant of some sort in your life. I believe that this is a story that is very relevant. Maybe you've heard it in grade school or elementary school, but it's just as relevant today in your life that it was than it ever was. You're looking at this thing of anxiety. I know in my own personal life that I thought I will never overcome. I wouldn't even leave my house, y'all, because I was scared I was going to get hit by a car. Wouldn't even drive for a a small portion of it because I was scared I was going to get hit by a car. God was going to kill me. Wasn't scared of the car, but I I had a really unhealthy fear of God. I didn't have a good outlook of him. Those of you that that you have decided that this thing that you need to change is greater than the power of God in your life. You need to repent. It's not greater. It's not bigger. You're seeing people that um, have entered their promised land. And, and, and maybe one of the reasons why God has given it to them is because they've chosen to be a Caleb and a Joshua in their life. They've chosen to believe that God is who he says he is and that he will do on their behalf what he said that he will do. They, 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 maybe that's one reason why someone, someone is getting their promised land and you aren't. Can I, can I just be real with you? If God has said, change, change, do the work, do the work. Talking to you like a mama today, I can't, I'm really good at it, but because I have four kids, but I have to say, don't live for years in bondage to something right now you can be freed from simply because your perspective is off. Change it. Change it today. I found it very interesting um, as I was studying this passage of scripture. Um, I read on in the end of it's 1437. All these leaders came back. Of course, they influenced everyone. And um, there was a consequence for everyone because of what the 10 spies says. Even Joshua and Caleb had to wait. 40 years to assume the promised land. And they came back with a good report. Your decision not to change something you know God is asking you to change is not just affecting your life. It affects your spouse. It affects your children. It affects your work associates. It affects everyone. Even righteous people are affected by you. Change, change. I know I'm preaching and I know you hate me right now, but I'm going to continue on real quick with another point. I thought, I thought this was really interesting. As for the men who Moses sent to spy out the land, this is in 1436, and who returned and made all the congregation grumble 
against him by bringing out a bad report concerning the land. Even those men. Now, this is not preach because it doesn't preach well, guys. It doesn't preach well. No one amens this. And you're not going to either. Even those men who brought out the very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. These 10 guys, you never talk about, oh, yeah, all of a sudden a plague consumed them and they died before the Lord. You don't ever talk about that. No one amends that. Like I said, doesn't preach well. It's not, it's not encouraging, yet sobering. When we decide not to operate on the guidelines and the promises and the asks, we, when we decide not to obey, when we decide not to change, when we decide to give in to ourselves and, and assume that the giants are greater than our God, there are consequences. Now, are you going to die by a plague? Probably not. Okay. Um, God forbid. However, this should be sobering to you. There is a consequence when we decide to stay in a sin or bondage that we, via the blood of Jesus Christ, can be freed from. Change. Make a decision. God bless your heart. Make a decision. I know it's hard. Make a decision. Because you're going to find that if you make the decision today and you work your way towards freedom, claiming the blood of Jesus, claiming his promises, walking by his principles, you're going to look back in a year and you're going to say, thank God. Thank God I chose to believe that my God was greater than this thing in my life. Love y'all. I know that was hard. Hit me tomorrow. It'll be more encouraging uh, right back here on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.